the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, my friend, it's good to see you. I feel like we've not seen each other for quite some time. We haven't. We didn't. We we talked a little bit last week, which is a little weird. We we normally talk, I'd say, almost on a daily basis. And then I was on vacation, had fun, Myrtle Beach in Nashville, Myrtle Beach. I'll never take a car ride again. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I decided after our 14-hour drive to Florida that I'm flying from now on. I've got a geez, a million Southwest points, so there's really no reason to drive. You know, so we've all, I've always had the mindset of we should fly, so we always fly places. But then this time, I was like, you know what, let's have some fun. Let's drive. And it was just because like with COVID and everything, I know when we got the vaccine, so I wasn't really worried, but with the kids and everything, it's like, let's just drive. We'll have some fun with it. And it was just like on the way there, just, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Uh, how much, how much longer? How much longer? It's like so many times it was, but you know what? We had, we still had fun though. I just love seeing those pictures of Hudson. Cause I know he's up to no good. No good. No good is being done by that kid. What uh, a character. He's going to, he's going to be something else. He reminds me a lot of my third child as well. So I think he's going to be a real character. He's a stud. I love him. He's so good. So that's great. So, we got a podcast. We have this is uh, what the second one that's just the two of us in the last couple months. That's kind of nice. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of good feedback from the last one. A lot of people have told me they like it better when we don't have a guest. So I'm open to doing these more often. So I will say this: I do like the nuts and bolts episodes more, and I, I sort of feel like we veered a little bit away from the nuts and bolts. So maybe I, I would like to do some more nuts and bolts stuff sometimes. So maybe the two of us can get on get on here and do a nuts and bolts episode soon. Well, I have a few things for us to talk about. Let, let's hear it. We're, are we playing this like the like the uh, Saturday morning, the morning meeting show? Is that what, how we're playing this today? It's just you and me talking, bro. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. All right. Let's hear about. Let's hear your first topic. Well, so we've gone through this process over the last month of meeting with another immigration law firm, sort of taking over that firm. the The attorney who was handling the the immigration work for this larger firm has decided to go to work for the government. And there were about, oh, I don't know, 260 cases. The attorney was carrying a huge caseload with two really experienced paralegals. And 
she did a fair amount of removal work, which is very time intensive. And my wife very wisely said, we don't want to take on 70 new deportation cases. So we were able to find uh, an attorney in DC to take those. So we ended up taking 150 USCIS cases, but it's just been such an adventure. Um, there's so many pieces to it. I really need to keep better track of this, both for if I want to do this again at some point and or just to give people advice on, you know, the kinds of things you need to think about. You know, I went up there and spent three days with the two paralegals because um, I wanted them to feel comfortable and I wanted them to meet us. Adela came with me and we just spent the three days going over cases and talking about like our processes. And then they had a week off. And then right now my wife, Amani, and Laura Clark, who's one of our chief implementers, um, who we just promoted onto the leadership team, she's up there too. And they're sort of doing it all over again. And then I might have to go to Baltimore in a week, and then we're going to have them come down to St. Louis. It's really interesting because they're, they were one little part of a big firm, and they're going to come into a firm with five immigration lawyers and you know a support staff of about 15. So it's really going to be a big culture shift for them. So I'm... I want to get you, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to ask your, your opinion on this because we just basically absorbed a firm too. So we absorbed, it was a smaller firm. We, we about 95 cases. Um, we took on the attorney. He ended up actually, we would have brought over one of the paralegals, but he ended up letting both of them go. And so we, we basically absorbed a firm. And I got to say, it seems like he's very relieved to have a lot of this off of his chest. Just not, he can just practice law now. And I bet there's a few people listening to this. And I bet there's a lot of attorneys out there that like the, the immigration practice you just absorbed, like the injury practice I just absorbed, that they would love to have a situation like that where they could come and work for gym hacking and work, just use gym hacking systems and just practice law. I mean, do you think that that is something, and here's the question. I mean, do you think that that's something that you would want to do like repeatedly to grow? Like, like taking on, cause it's a, it's a huge risk for you. Cause you're taking on a bunch of liabilities that you really don't know a whole lot about. And an attorney that you're going to take the salary, maybe some staff. So, I mean, is that something that you like, is that it, on your radar? Something you're wanting to do, you're planning to do? Well, it's so great because I have the San Diego office to compare. And that's when we were starting from scratch. And it, this, this is a logistical headache. It's, it's a lot of tedious stuff, you know, just getting the addresses and emails and cell phone numbers into uh, FileVine and into our marketing software. We, it's one of those deals where we could export about 90% of it, but then there's 10% that you have to do by hand. And so there's a lot of tedium to it. But I think this is actually the model because I do think there are a lot of lawyers, um, particularly in immigration, who just want to practice law and help their clients. You know, when we were in, so we're going to have to hire a lawyer in D.C. And Amani wisely said to the attorney who was leaving to go to work for the government, hey, do you have any friends or anybody who might be interested? So she connected us with this attorney. This attorney wanted $150,000 or $175,000. So that wasn't going to work out. But the interesting thing in that conversation is she's been practicing for 14 years, I think. And she said to me, I have no interest in bringing clients in. Like all I want to do is work on cases. And like, that's like the opposite of me, like literally the opposite of me. And I think that there's a lot of people that sort of fall in that spectrum between me and her. Um, but there are definitely lawyers out there 
who almost view bringing in business as this magical thing that they should not be associated with. It just sort of happens. So I, I think this is the model for us if we're going to do this again, which is why I need to keep better track of exactly what we're doing, mostly because I don't want to be the one involved in the onboarding next time. So the reason why I ask, and you should totally document it, because um, I, mm, I mean, it seems like you've done it really well. It seems like it's been planned out really well. So I don't think it'd be too hard for you to do. But the reason why I ask is it's something that's been on my radar for a long time. It's something that I, I, I think, especially, this is especially true, I think, with, with older attorneys that are wanting to sort of wind things down. And this may just be a theory that has no, no uh, weight to it. But I was thinking older attorneys, um, they're winding down their practices. You basically just take like sort of the retirement plan in a way where you take over their personal injury cases and they get a paid a significant portion of that and they don't have to do anything else on it. And I also think sometimes younger lawyers, they think that they want to practice or that they want to start a law firm. They're, they quickly realize, oh shit, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Sort of trapped in the cycle though, where I've got these cases, I can't get out because I've got to keep working these cases and I can't go take a job somewhere because I'm still working these cases. And so they get stuck on this wheel, right? And, and so I think it's, it's something that would benefit the firm, but it would also benefit the individual too. So I, I do think it's a win-win in most cases. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the people who have made that entrepreneurial jump, but really regret it. I mean, that's got to be a subset of the people that we come into contact with. I mean, I know that a lot of our, our friends in the guild and in the big group are enjoying the practice of law and enjoying the decision that they made to go out on their own. But there has to be a smaller subset of people who, who have buyer's remorse and wish they hadn't done it. Yeah, there, I mean, I think there's a large chunk of them. I, I think guilders are different. I think that those people, okay, we're we're in it. We're we're want, wanting to improve. We, we we've got this. Um, they've got a good grasp of it. I'm more, yeah, I'm more talking about the person that they just jump out, start their firm, they get a few cases or whatever, and they're just like, you know, this just isn't for me. And I, I, just, I mean, I, I can think of like five off the top of my head right now that I know that they're on this hamster wheel and they would love to get out because uh, they've told me but they just can't. I mean, especially like people that are um, like, like they're prosecutorial minded. So I know a few people, like they were former prosecutors, they go out and start the criminal defense firm and they would love to go back to be a prosecutor. They would absolutely love it, but they get stuck on this hamster wheel and they just can't get out. And I, I do think a bunch of it is, is that they're afraid of a malpractice claim. You know what I mean? Like they feel like they've got to take these cases through to fruition and they can't, they don't want to abandon the client because they've already taken the money from the client. They probably don't have the money to give back to the clients, right? So that's what, that's what I'm talking about with the hamster wheel. It's not as easy as people might think to get off of the hamster wheel. You're stuck in it in a lot of aspects. Unless you're making a bunch of money, it's easy to get off of it. But if you're not, you've taken money from these clients. So you've got to see it through. <laughs> and then to see it through, you still got to pay your bills. So you have to get more clients and they can't, they can't get off of it. So, but I think in a situation, now like, that might be a little bit situation, a different situation where you wouldn't want to take on those clients because then you don't get paid from them. But I'm more talking about a situation where you can still get paid on the cases. Like it's easier for a PI case because uh, in some situations, let's say it's a young lawyer, they've spent the money on the case expenses. Well, they're probably be, would be really happy just to get it off their plate. But then other situations, it might make sense where the buying firm buys the case expenses. So that's that younger attorney or that newer attorney or the 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 term the, the the attorney that's being absorbed gets a big check 
for all their case expenses. So it's just one of those things where I, I, I've thought about it quite a bit and I've seen you do this. It seems like pretty successful. And I, I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting way of, of growing, but also helping like you have a, you have a really defined mission. So you're able to help a lot more people by what you're doing. You're also, it also helps fulfill our mission when it comes to maximum lawyer, like when it comes to helping lawyers, right? So I think, it, I definitely think it's a win-win. Running your own practice can be scary. Whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step -step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. Well, yeah, and for me, it's it's interesting because we put San Diego on hold for a while. It's still there, but it's just, you know, on, on sort of life support, we're not really pouring much into it. And the goal, the thought is that we spend three or six months, get DC squared away. And then I had thought we'd have all these different offices. But to me, that seems like sort of uh, well-balanced, you know, East Coast, Midwest, and then I don't know, then I want to think about growth maybe in a different way. Not that I need to have a bunch of more offices, but just sort of grow our presence from those, those base points. So that was one thing I want to say. The other thing is that, you know, we can't forget the lawyers who are involuntarily forced to start their own firm. You know, those, those people probably never really planned or thought like the ones, you know, like ex prosecutors or something that thought that they would, would either go back to prosecuting or do something else. And so I think that's right. And, and hamster wheel is a good way of describing it. And, and I guess, I guess we should give people a safe space to sort of share that if they feel like that's something that's bothering them. I think I think having a conversation with someone, I mean, we're both really lucky that these situations basically came to us. Mine did for me. It was based on long conversations I had with the law firm owner. And for you, these are conversations you had with your friend, Anthony. We're probably not always going to be that lucky, but it would be good for us to sort of develop an eye for what it is that you know, are the telltale signs of something that might break in our favor. You know, I, you just brought up something I, and I think that that's a great point. Like it's the, there's a shame factor that people feel. And I don't think that they, I don't think people should feel that I do, I do, but I do think that there is that like, it's, um, it's interesting. I don't think that you and I in five years and how, however many episodes we've had one a week, at least for five years, right. We we've ever really talked about, if we have, I don't remember, like exiting, like ours is more like, okay, head down, keep moving forward kind of a thing. It's, it's rare that we've talked about if ever sort of exiting. Cause I think that there is a, a shame factor to it. And I, and I, I don't, I just wish people didn't have that feeling. Um, Cause I, I have talked to people that have said, okay, I'm going to go and work for such and such, or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, wind down my practice or do whatever. And I do, I do, there's like an ego part of it. And I just wish there wasn't or that part of it, like, why do you, I mean, is, is it, do you think it's like the, the thought like a failure? Like, is that why you, you think people have that, that feeling? Well, there is that aspect of just running to stand still and just keeping the lights on by just doing, 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 doing without really the, the deep thinking. So I think that's part of it, but you know, each of us in the time that we've known each other have joined a partnership 
and have left. And to me, that's the closest analogy that we can give towards this thing that might be deemed shameful. But I do think that it would it would be good for us and for everybody if we did make it a little bit less of a because there is sort of a Gary V macho hustle culture that that can get brought into all this discussion, you know. And I think that there's certainly great value in knowing yourself and telling yourself, you know, I might be better off partnering up with someone, or I might I might be better off joining a firm. I mean, we've had offers. I know I have, and I think you have to, to join bigger firms. And of course, I'm really glad that I didn't, but that doesn't mean that that's not a good option for some people. And we probably need to, to empower people to, to make that decision if that's what's best for them. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm curious what you're, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. We're talking about, we're talking about two things. I'm not sure we've ever talked about. Nice. What, what feeling did you have whenever your whenever your firm split up? Oh, well, I knew very quickly once I got in that I never should have gotten in. So it didn't take me long. Um, it took me it took me a year and a half to get out. But that was because I was there with a friend and there was that was a real macho culture. The head of the firm had been a NCA Division One basketball player and he he was very um well connected and very smooth and very forceful person. And you know, I in those situations I usually defer to the stronger type person. So it took me a while to sort of get it going, but I, I didn't feel guilty about it or shameful. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be done. I just wanted to get out. That was sort of my main thing. And so, you know, that's the advice I would give to people is that really, you know, we spend so much time running around like chickens with our heads cut off that when we do that introspection and really ask ourselves, you know, is this what I want? Is this, is this what I want? If not, can I change it to make it what I want? And and then finally is maybe I don't even want to do that. Maybe I maybe I want something different. My initial thought was it was like I'm talking like a split second, it's like shit, what are people gonna think about this? Like, but then like almost instantly after that, it was like it was such a relief to me. Like I feel like I had all this weight, and I'm sure he did too. Like you like you feel like you're carrying. And it may have been different. You were a part of a bigger partnership with, I think, was it how many lawyers? Four, five? Five, five. Five, five lawyers. I think it's a little bit, maybe a little bit different. I don't know. But like it was just the two of us. And I felt like I was carrying him. He felt like he was carrying me, like the way the firm was split up. Um, so he was handling more of the, 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 the case side of things. I was handling more of like the actual operation side of things. And I felt like whenever we split, like it was such a weight lifted off of me. I was like, now it's just me again. I can run, I can call all the shots. I don't have to worry about running anything through anybody. It felt so great to me. It felt so, I remember it was date. We had date night that night. I went home, didn't say anything to Amy until we got, we were at dinner. It's like, so just so you know, well, make sure let, let you know, we're not going to be hurt financially at all, but we're splitting up. And she was kind of like her face, like, and I was like, and I was like, I was so happy whenever I was telling her about it. It was just like, so it just felt so good. And I'm sure that that same feeling is what a lot of people are looking for. You know what I mean? Like they're looking for that, that deep breath and just kind of let it all go. You know what I mean? Well, we can't, we can't forget how capped we are when we're not in the situation we want to be in and how that just really tampers down our energy. And once you make that choice to unlock that, there's a ton of energy for you. It was, I'm on my own again. I can do what I want. I know what to do. I, I, I have the technology, I can rebuild this, you know, I know what exactly what to do. 
and and conversely, if someone's in a bad law firm situation and like Anthony was, and he didn't like what he had, he's probably feeling all that weight taken off his shoulders too. So, I mean, the biggest thing, of course, is to know yourself and to know your situation and and sort of really dig down. You know, we we might want to um, we might want to come up with a little questionnaire or a self evaluation that would help people with this. I think that would. Uh, and 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 it could work both ways, you know. Am I am I cut out to go out on my own, or or am I better off working with somebody else, or or you know, I mean, when you and I meet with a lawyer in the guild on the hot seat, or just in general, I mean, the first question we always ask is like, what do you like doing the most? Because you can't do everything inside a firm; it's just impossible. So you might as well do the things that you're great at and that you get the most fulfillment out of, and then leave the other stuff to other people. And that could be in whatever form that takes. Uh, I'm bad at names. You're really good at names. Who do we have speaking on um, the hiring process? I can't. Jay Henderson. Sorry, Jay. I wonder if Jay has got some sort of questionnaire built out for that. Maybe we can work with him on that. Because I I think that that would be someone, at least off the top of my head, when I can't remember his name, the the person that might be willing to work on that questionnaire with us. Because the reality is that, I mean, this is this is really, really hard what we do. I mean, it's extremely hard. We take it home with us. Um, we live it all the time. And it's not for everything and not for everybody. Just not. I mean, it doesn't fit with everybody's visions. Well, you know, when um, once or twice a year, you and I, I guess it's once a year, you and I are asked to speak at Mary Pat McGinnis's class at St. Louis University for people that are thinking about going out on their own. And there's usually about 20 students in there. And you can tell <laughs> just by the reactions on people's faces that there are about three or four people that get really, really jazzed about what we're saying. There's three or four people that are completely repulsed by what we're saying. And then there's a bunch of people just sort of staring at us with their mouths open uh, like that for a while. So, and that's probably generally true of the population. And, you know, we can't forget too that, you know, when people become lawyers, most people that become lawyers are sort of high fact finders, detail oriented. They want to know sort of certain outcomes and they want to know how to control their future. And so this stuff that we're talking about, it's pretty radical um, generally to go out on your own, but then to, to ask lawyers to do it, uh, that's that's probably really sort of on the far edges of the bell curve. It totally is. So let's wrap things up before I do. I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. We are at, I don't know, right around 4,500 members and it's growing. Uh, I I know that you've been given this plug, Jim, but I, I do want to let people know, I think we're going to sell out Max Lawcon. So if you want to get your ticket, go to maximumlawyer.com. I think you can also go to maxlawcon.com and get your ticket. You can also find it through Eventbrite. Ticket prices do go up in a couple in a month or so, and so make sure you get those, uh, and then it'll be it'll be locked in. Um, get those tickets, but I'm fairly certain at this point, Jim, that we're going to sell out. So get, which I was a little surprised by. I don't know about you, but I was a little surprised that people, and I think maybe moving it from June back to October is kind of what has has led to so many people buying tickets. But if you want to take it, hurry up and get it now, um, because otherwise you're gonna you're, you're probably gonna miss out. So hurry up and get that. Also, if you're interested in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. We just have a lot of great people in the guild. It's just so awesome, the things that we talk about in there. So and a lot of great trainings too. So get involved there. And then as you're listening to our tips and hacks of the week, tip and hack of the week, please give us a five-star review. It'll help spread the love. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? I was talking to my main man, Kelsey, the other day. 
We just had him on the show. And I'm we going to steal talking. him from you. He, uh, Jim, he's, he's so amazing. I'm going to steal him from, from you. He's the best. The best. Anyway, we were talking about working with particular clients. And he brought up a line that I love that I, I think about often. And I thought it's one that I would share here as my hack of the week. So it comes from Dan Kennedy. You know, for those of you who don't know Dan Kennedy, you should. He's an acquired taste and he has strong opinions on things. So there's a caveat there. I had to sort of grit my teeth for a while because he likes Donald Trump a lot. But in any event, he has a lot of good wisdom for running a business and for marketing and all those things. And one of the things that he always says is that if, if I wake up in the morning three days in a row thinking about you and you are not my spouse, you need to go. And so um, I love that because it applies across the board when we own a firm, because it can apply to an employee, it can apply to a client, or just general people that you come across with in business. And if you're, if you're spending that much mental energy that you wake up three times in a week thinking about this person, if that's the first thing that pops in your mind, that's a really good sign that you need to think about separating yourself from that person. And you know, we had to let someone go at the office the other day. And this is a weird thing to say. We're, we're getting better at it, if that makes sense. You know, they say uh, hire slowly and fire quickly. We brought the person into the conference room and it was Adele and Amani and I. And I said, today's your last day. We're going to have to let you go. And she knew it was coming because she'd been making a bunch of mistakes. But that's literally all that I said. And I said it nicely, you know, as nicely as you can. But that person had made me upset by sending a packet from one office to the, instead of sending it to immigration, so he sent it to the immigration court, which is a big problem. It could have, if it was reversed, it could have gotten someone deported. So, but if you if you're having that much mental energy thinking about someone, you already know the answer. You already know the right thing to do. Jimmy, I want you to reach out to Jay Anderson and get better at hiring, not firing. Get better at the hiring process. No, it is important. I I think the firing process is probably so overlooked and doing it the wrong way can get you sued. So I think uh, I think that's good. Uh, but it's like, here's the thing, like you're getting better at that, but it's improving your firm. So I think that's really, really awesome. All right. So my tip of the week is it's about an app. And I was, uh, so Jonathan Barber asked me to speak to the Mecklenburg Bar Association last Thursday. And I was in Myrtle Beach, I had a, a, a vacation and I was out there and my plan was, here's my plan, Jim. I was gonna set up, we were supposed to have Wi-Fi out at the beach house. We were right on the beach. I was gonna sit out on the balcony. I was gonna have the nice setup where it was facing the beach, the cool beach behind me. Well, the, the Wi-Fi was garbage. It was just garbage. And I was like, okay, what do I do here? And I had downloaded this app before because when we were looking for a new office space, it's called Liquid Space. And Liquid Space is not good for finding new office space in general. Okay, I'll just tell you that. But what it's great at is finding you an office space to rent for an hour or two. And I get on it. And this was the morning of um, my presentation. Presentation was at noon. I get on there about 6.30 or so and find an office about 10 miles away, rented it, boom, done, paid with Apple Pay, took me about five minutes. It was awesome. Mm. So if you need an office in a pinch, or let's say you've got an extra office space, you can put, I, I'm, I haven't done that, but um, it's, if you wanna make a little bit extra money maybe for your for your office, if you got an extra office, you can rent out an office space and I mean, you, you get to set the, the rates and everything. So it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not kidding. It took me five minutes. I was, I went through there, paid with Apple pay. Um, I was, I was actually literally laying in bed when I did it. I just, 
boom, 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 done. And so next thing you know, I'm you know, going over the office. Uh, they had great Wi-Fi presented and boom, done. So um, it's called Liquid Space. Highly recommend it. It's super easy to do. Jimmy, it's been fun, man. I love, I love hanging out with you. It's good. Good seeing you, brother. Okay. I'll see you later on today. See you, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.